0: Talk to my friend Drew. Allen. And I'll tell you what—he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As conservative, I to this guy for wisdom. Well, just as I predicted. The latest January 6th hearing today, Tuesday, uh, Anno Domini uh, 2022, year of our Lord, is a f- another fruitless endeavor. In fact, th- this thing just gets more and more laughable, I got to say. Um, <laughs> you know, Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney, by the way, boy, is she a disgrace. I, I, it, it is unfathomable, unfathomable to me that these people think that they have a case that they think they're making some brilliant point. They have no self-awareness, but then again, they are they are living in a bubble, right? You know, the media is patting them on the back. Uh, the leftists are applauding them. And so they have no clue, no clue uh, what they actually look like to the American people who do not care about this at all. Now, Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney, I've got some clips to play in just a minute. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this J6 crap. There's more stuff to get to. Uh, but, but you know, look, you're not going to watch this. You shouldn't watch this. I'm just going to fill you in in 10 minutes. That's what I'm giving myself. 10 minutes, uh, and I will catch you up on everything you need to know about this J6 committee. Um, basically, the entire claim, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to prove that Trump incited an insurrection. But all they have is that Trump questioned the 2020 election results. That's it. Liz Cheney, as a matter of fact, uh, she said, I'm not going to play the clip. I got others of other individuals on the, the partisan J six committee, but, but her opening uh, Liz Cheney said initially their strategy and some cases appeared to be deny and delay today. There appears to be a general recognition that the committee has established key facts including that virtually everyone close to President Trump, his Justice Department officials, his White House advisors, his White House counsel, his campaign all told him the 2020 election was not stolen. Was not stolen. Now, it's amazing because if this is a criminal offense, they're incriminating the entire Democratic Party. I've got a montage to play in a minute. Not only of the Democrats questioning the 20, the 2000. Uh, election results in which Al Gore was defeated by George W. Bush, but also their claims that the 2016 election results were illegitimate. But of course, this is lost on the committee. They are blinded by their hatred of Donald Trump, and they're just going to continue forward. They do not care. So, you know, Liz Cheney claimed that, you know, yeah, Trump, Trump, Trump knew the election was not actually stolen. Well, you know what's amazing? Since... We were forced to accept the quote-unquote election results of 2020 in a hasty fashion in which we did not investigate anything. What have we learned? That there was illegality all across the country. This is the great irony of this committee. While this committee is claiming that Donald Trump falsely claimed that the 2020 election, that there were shenanigans and illegal activity from the Democratic Party, even the swing states, state after state, have admitted now after the fact that there was illegality. The Zucker bucks, the Zucker bucks, all those tens of millions of dollars poured into Democrat blue strongholds in these swing states with the intention of swaying the 2020 election. These states violated their own laws by putting out these drop boxes, which have been declared illegal. And they did it all under the guise of COVID. And by the way, COVID's coming back. COVID's coming back, mark my words. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I want to play a brief clip here of, uh, well, here's, here's the first clip. Of, this, is what, this is the empty-handedness of the, the, the J6 committee. Here we go. Here's clip one. And we will describe some of the president's key actions on the evening of January 5th and the morning of January 6th including how the president edited and ad-libbed his speech that morning at the Ellipse, directed the crowd to march to the Capitol, and spoke off-script in a way that further inflamed an already angry crowd. Uh, There we go with the lie, the lie again. He told them to march on the Capitol. Of course, they never point out the specific verbiage, which was, peacefully make your voices heard. They leave that out because that condemns their narrative that he incited an insurrection listen to their evidence that he incited an insurrection she just said there the evidence that she has and she's presenting to the american people is that donald trump went off the teleprompter went off the transcript that's your he ad-libbed and that's your evidence because he didn't stick to the teleprompter that 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 he incited an insurrection this is they have nothing nothing now here is raskin the rascal raskin uh, who's the head of this committee, I believe. He, here's here's what he had to say, uh, uh, trying to condemn Donald Trump. Never before in American history had a president called for a crowd to come contest the counting of electoral votes by Congress or engaged in any effort designed to influence, delay, or obstruct the joint session of Congress in doing its work required by our Constitution. Now, firstly, it's not illegal... It's not illegal to give a speech to an audience calling into question the 2020 election results. There's nothing illegal about any of that. And I've talked about history because this is lost on so many people. But we had a contested election in 1876 that dragged on, in which the Democrats literally stole that election in 1876. The Republicans refused to submit And the Democrats were forced to essentially acknowledge that they cheated and stole the election. And so it resulted in Rutherford B. Hayes, the Republican candidate, actually becoming president of the United States. They hashed it out behind closed doors, set up a committee. It resulted in legislation that was passed to address this in the future. There's nothing wrong with this whatsoever. And think about Raskin here. Never before in American history has a president called on uh, people to protest the 2020 election results. All right, I'm going to play this montage here of the Democrats um, calling into question election results in the past, calling Trump illegitimate, calling George W. Bush illegitimate. Now, they're saying this is a crime. This can't stand. We have to accept the election results no matter what. Whether there's cheating, whether there's reason to believe there's been cheating, doesn't matter. Listen to this hypocrisy. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. and Al Gore won that election, I think he won it anyway. Actually, <laughs> I think I carried Florida. A court took away a presidency. You and others participated in what I call the United States coup d'etat. There's no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president. Yes, Supreme yes, 2004, elected 2004. The Supreme Court elected Al Gore won the state of Florida in 2000, although not the presidency. Not every vote was being counted our candidate had won the popular vote and the only way they could win the election was to stop the voting in florida trump didn't actually win the election in 2016 he lost the election and he was put into office because of the russians interfere because i right. think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win so how do you you know, fight against that in 2020. You are absolutely right. So that was a very tainted election. And, and in that sense, it's, it's illegitimate. He's an illegitimate president in my <laughs> mind. Would you be my vice president? For January, but... <laughs> <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. He knows he's an illegitimate president. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. Now, that was a pretty long, extensive clip there. I could go on. I stopped it. I stopped it. There are more and more Democrats that I could have played continuing along that line, calling Trump illegitimate, saying that the Russians helped him steal the 2020 election. And what were the results of their verbiage? What were the consequences of the Democrats calling Trump illegitimate? Of the mainstream, drive-by, now-propagandist media who told the Democratic Party's base of voters that there was a 99.9% chance that Hillary Clinton was going to win. What were the consequences? Well, I'll show you the consequences. Now, I'm going to play this clip. I think this is an ABC clip back from 2016. Remember, Remember 2016. There were violent protests around the entire country from Democrats, Hillary Clinton supporters who were outraged that Trump had been elected president. They did not accept those election results, and the damage that was done was far more severe than anything inflicted upon this nation on January 6th. There was a crowd of hundreds of people who broke some windows at the Capitol. The only person killed, despite the media's lies, killed, murdered, was a protester. Ashley Babbitt, a military veteran, a young woman who was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer who was heralded as a hero. That's the only person who died. Now, other people suffered strokes because they were out of shape or whatever else, but they were not killed by protesters. There were zero Capitol Police officers, zero congressmen and women, Congress pronouns if you're a Democrat out there. None of them were killed by the protesters by the actions of the protesters. Only Ashley Babbitt, a protester, was murdered. She was unarmed, shot by a Capitol Police officer. They have not mentioned that a single time. That woman's death is meaningless to them because it paints them in a bad light. And so they will not mention that. They will not mention the truth. They will not mention that Donald Trump, for example, called for peaceful protests. No, 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 no. They've got to get Donald Trump on this. They've got to get him. They've got to prove their lie, but they don't have any evidence. All right, so let's go back to 2016. Let's listen to how those protests that happened in dozens of cities across this country, including Washington, D.C., on Inauguration Day. Let's listen to how the media characterized that, how they justified it. It'll make you sick. Here we go. Straight night protests are happening across the country in cities, big and small. Some protesters turning violent, attacking police. It's a sign of just how divided our country remains. Did you hear that last part? It's a sign of just how divided the country is. So this person, I think it was ABC, as I said, I don't remember right now. She admits there's violent protests across the country. Conflicts with police officers from Hillary Clinton supporters, and she doesn't say it's a sign of an insurrection. It's a sign of dangerous rhetoric from Hillary Clinton and other Democrats who refuse to accept the election results. It's not a sign. It's not a consequence of the Russia collusion lie. No, no, no. It's just simply a sign of how divided the nation is. Now, they have never talked about how divided the nation is as a justification for January 6th. No, 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 no. They had that narrative printed, stamped, and ready to go even before it took place. They anticipated it. They wanted it. They desired it so that they could put an end to debate. They could get their guy in the office, Joe Biden, and be done with it. You know, this committee is not investigating anything. They don't have a single person on the committee, by design, intentionally, who actually questions whether or not Trump actually incited an insurrection. Every single person was hand-selected because they wanted to prove that Trump incited an insurrection. So they're not investigating anything. They're not trying to get to the bottom of how this happened. Its only purpose is to prove something that isn't true. To select and omit certain evidence, create evidence, omit reality to prove this narrative that they are obsessed with in their minds. You know now the the, the Joe Biden, by the way, um a large majority <laughs> of Democrats um are saying that they want another candidate they want another candidate um let me see if I can find the the actual actual numbers here I don't know if I'll be able to in time but nonetheless a, a large number of Democrats a, a vast majority don't want Dem, don't want Joe Biden to, to to run again in 2024 and you know it's so funny uh, uh just to give you an example of how the dumbest Americans, in this country, they're in the Democratic Party and they're in Congress. Sheila Jackson Lee, a Congress pronoun from from, I believe, Houston, but she's a, she's from Texas, representing a district there. You know, she's blaming uh, uh Biden's plummeting approval on uh the hot weather. The hot weather you know hot weather's just got people upset. It's not the policies, it's not inflation, it's not the hardship. No, 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 it's 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 climate change. Now I, you know, I, I knew that that the Democrats believed that Climate change, you know, was responsible for all inclement weather, but but I never expected them to blame climate change on Joe Biden's plummeting approval. That is a new one. That is a new one indeed. Uh, but anyway, you know, Jill Biden. You've probably heard Jill, Bi- Doctor Jill. You know, uh, community college PhD. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't know. But she, she, she she's she's here. He, here's a doctor, Doctor Jill Biden. She just compared Hispanics to breakfast tacos. Hispanics are as unique as breakfast tacos she said <laughs> that's a woman with a PhD that's a Democrat that's Jill Biden so obviously you know she was forced to apologize but this is not front page news the the Democrat medias ignored it now we, we we've got to point out the obvious if Donald Trump had compared Latinos to breakfast tacos there there'd be no end uh, to the discussion on the news networks it would be 24 7. It would be relentless. It would be proof that Donald Trump was a horrible person, a racist. But this is just brushed aside. But, you know, racism really is in the DNA of of Democrats. I'm not saying all Democrats are racist, but I'm saying it it is a part of their DNA. Now, racism is antithetical to conservatism. It goes against our principles, but it falls in line with the lack of principles of the Democratic Party. That's the big lie that there was this big change. The Democrats were once racist and became, you know, proponents of, of uh, equality. That, that, that's not true. It's never been the case. And Joe Biden is, case, is, is, is direct proof and evidence of a racist. How many times has, has he been caught saying racist things? You know, if you ain't, you ain't black, if you don't vote for me. I mean, it, it, the, the list is endless, endless, and they ignore it. But, you know, there's all this, you know, uh, apparently Hunter Biden's iCloud has been hacked. And the information coming out, I mean, it's just more and more shocking. One of the things, of course, is that he apparently has his father listed in his phone as Pedo Pete, a nickname for him, Pedophile Pete. That's what that stands for. And, you know, he's he's doing crack cocaine. I mean, it's just Unbelievable. And so that is a person who who was who was raised by Joe Biden, and Joe Biden is running the country like he ran his household. And so it's no surprise that that the, the United States of America is in the gutter, that we've been derailed, that we're suffering from absolute destruction, uh, perversion. Because look, he produced Hunter Biden. And that's what you can expect for the country when he runs the country the same way. Now I know he's not running the country. I'm not. I know. I know. I know he's just a a figurehead. I got it. But I think my point is clear, as well. All right. COVID. COVID. J six committee's not working. The abortion stuff isn't working. In fact, the Democrats are looking increasingly unhinged. They've re- revealed themselves as not being champions of women but champions of murdering the unborn children. This is the point with the Democratic Party. They want, they do not view the unborn as a viable living human being at any point in pregnancy. They're not willing to debate. They're not willing to compromise. They just want abortion on demand up until birth. And even pro-abortion, the pro-abortion camp in America, most of them are not on board with that. If the choice is between aborting the unborn up until birth and abolishing abortion completely, even abortion proponents would say they'd rather go without abortion then murder the unborn at nine months. That's the truth. Uh, by the way, we're waiting for the Consumer Price Index to come out. That, that's how the government measures inflation, the Consumer Price Index. Now, they've changed it 20 times over the last 30 years. This is how the government measures inflation, and it doesn't measure inflation at all. So it's, it's currently, I believe, at 8.7%. They're thinking it could be higher than that. I expect it to be higher than that. But look, you know, the the way the government does this and conducts their, you know, uh, their reports on this consumer price index as a measure of inflation, it's totally false. It benefits the government. It downplays the severity of the situation and what inflation really is. I mean, look, if you're paying 30% just I'm just making this as an example, you know, it's higher in some cases, lower in others, but if you're paying 30% more for gas, 30% more for groceries, 30% more for for everything you need in your daily life, and they're telling you inflation's 8.7%, do the math. You know, the real way to calculate inflation is for you and me to ask ourselves how much... More expensive it is to live in this country today than it was last year. That's the point. And the government is just like this J6 committee. They operate in darkness. They're not transparent about how they get their raw data, what that raw data is. But they analyze, you know, 80,000 goods across the country and put it through their, their, their complicated formula. And bada boom, bada bing, you get their consumer price index. So yes, you can look at it and say 8.7% is horrendous, but it's much worse than that. It's more, much worse than that. And the, the, the Democrats want to get rid of Joe Biden. You know, I made a point on a, uh, a show today. I was on the Shaftline Report where I told you I'm going on twice a month because uh, they get a lot of views when I'm on. They like having me because, you know, you got to give the people what they want. And sometimes the people want Drew. I'm kidding, sort of. I am humble, I promise. Um, and, 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 you know, we were, we were, we were discussing this and I said that I believe that Kamala Harris was the poison pill for the Democrats. She was their insurance policy. The only person worse than Joe Biden is Kamala Harris. And so by making her the vice president to Joe Biden, they insured, gave themselves an insurance policy that, that made sure that the Democrat media Would self censor themselves. They wouldn't go on the attack. They wouldn't, they would defend Joe Biden. They would cover for Joe Biden because they didn't actually want the conversation to get out there that would start to promote the idea that Joe Biden should be replaced, that he was mentally, physically unfit for office. So Kamala Harris ensured that because, look, your options are point out the obvious, talk about the problems with Joe Biden. But if you do that, you might get Kamala Harris. And that is the only thing worse than Joe Biden. So I think that she is the poison pill, the insurance policy to make sure that Joe Biden was going to remain president for his first term. Now, I told you they're starting to leak stories out there little by little that are preparing the Democratic Party base to, well, for, for what's... What's inevitable? Which is Joe Biden not running again in 2024. He still may very well not finish his first term. But the Democratic Party, which is notorious for being farsighted, for being patient, for being strategic, that was out the window in 2020. They were short-sighted. Their field was so bad their options were so limited and so terrible that Joe Biden was the best thing they thought they had. And so they ran him as the Democratic presidential candidate. But they weren't, they never expected, they never thought about him running for re-election. They just wanted to defeat Trump and they're still trying to defeat Trump and destroy Trump. They haven't given up on that to this day, despite it all. But, you know, um, I mean, it, it's it's... Well, in a, in a landscape that is quite abysmal, quite dismal, you know, I do find it, uh, well, it, it brings me pleasure to watch the Democrats lost, hopelessly lost, without a plan, without any options on the table. They have a president that is destroying the party. But they put themselves in that position because they were just focused on 2020. They thought that they could run Joe Biden as a moderate and, uh, you know, he could pick up some votes and nobody else could win, just Joe, they thought. Moderate Joe. Who, by the way, you know what one of the revelations is? You know, Secret Service, they, they, they say that the worst detail is the Joe Biden detail because the guy likes to skinny dip, skinny dip. Can you imagine being assigned to Joe Biden's Secret Service detail, say in Delaware, when he's back at one of his many vacation homes and he wants to swim in the nude and you've got to stand there and protect him? You've got to to take that in? And what kind of president, by the way, even if you like skinny dipping, skinny dips in front of his Secret Service? That tells you about Joe Biden as well. But can you imagine Joe Biden? Lost Joe Biden? I wonder if dr jill is there holding his hand you know making sure he can find the pool making sure he can find his way to the ladder the steps to get out of the pool anyway here we are here we are so anyway they were short-sighted now they they're in a position which they don't know what to do they've got to focus on the midterms now after the midterms they're gonna throw joe biden under the bus mark my words it's gonna happen it's coming it's coming but I don't think he's going to go quietly into the night. Now, now many conservative, Republican, whatever, commentators out there are saying, just just get ready. The Democrats are going to blame Joe Biden for everything. Now, that that, that part's true. Because the Democrat Party will never, will, they'll never change their policies. They'll never blame themselves. Because look, all the inflation, all the pain, it's all intentional. You know? This is... Things are happening exactly as the Democrats Want it to Their challenge is Convincing their base and the American people That it's not their fault And so They can't, they can't Change policy because this is the policy They want They're, They have a end goal in mind Which is the annihilation of the country So they can present themselves <clears throat> As those most capable of saving America Even though they burned America And retaining power for themselves. That, that, that's the point. So they're never going to change policy. But I think what, what's being missed in this by the other commentators is that I don't think... I, I You know, Joe Biden is out there and he says repeatedly, I mean, he, every chance he gets, he says he has every intention of running for re-election. I think he believes that. Now, as senile as he is, as, as cognitively impaired as he is, he doesn't want to leave the White House. The only thing he likes is the the title of president and he's not running anything but this is the thing you're dealing with this kind of elderly man who's who's a a bit dangerous and difficult to to deal with because he's not all there he's not rational you think that joe biden's just gonna resign on his own you think he's gonna take that kindly this is an arrogant person this is an elitist Regardless of all his shortcomings, mentally, physically, and everything else, he doesn't want to leave the presidency. That's all he's ever wanted. That's all he's ever known is being a politician. And now he's got that. He doesn't want to give it up. And so I think the Democrats are going to have a very hard time navigating that but no doubt he will not be running for president in 2024. The Democrats just have to figure out their strategy to make that happen so that it doesn't blow up in their faces because it's pretty unprecedented. Their guy, they have to admit, can't be president anymore. And they're going to have infighting, but none of that's going to happen before the midterms. That's all they can focus on right now is the midterms. And now... What we've always, what we've been waiting for for a long time is finally happening. They're bringing back COVID. It's coming, COVID. They're preparing to bring it back. They cannot win without cheating. This is the worst political landscape the Democratic Party has faced since I don't know when. In my lifetime, in modern American history for sure. Now, here's a Los Los Angeles headline. Um, hang on. Okay, here we go. I just took a screenshot of it. Stunning spread of BA5 shows why this California COVID wave is so different. Now, the headline tells you everything you need to know. Look, we've gotten used to living with COVID now, right? We've accepted it as something we're going to experience in our daily lives. So this headline goes out of the way to say that this new strain is is different. Now, we've heard that every time, but it wasn't politically advantageous to shut it down. Now, remember, too, this is amazing. Joe Biden ran his campaign saying he was going to shut down the virus, stop the virus. Well, now they are forced to compromise if they're going to use COVID as a weapon going into the midterms to bring back mail-in ballots and so on and so forth. Well, now they have to say, well, actually, COVID's still here. COVID's here and it's more dangerous than ever before. So they're calling this the reinfection wave. And I I don't know how they're going to navigate this because they're going to have to admit that vaccines don't work. I mean, we know they don't work. They don't prevent the contraction of the virus. But um, let me go on with the Los Angeles headline. Now, there are many headlines out there. This is all over the news today. They're pushing COVID, this new variant. Joe Biden put out today guidelines to deal with it. So this is coming. They're kind of dripping it out. But they are developing, I promise you right now. They are developing. I mean when they're not doing the J6 committee stuff, they're behind closed doors discussing how they're gonna how they're gonna use the media to stoke fear again. So here's here's the Los Angeles article. In many ways, this wave of the pandemic has felt different from other Omicron waves earlier this year. Health experts say the behavior of the ultra-contagious strain shows the need for prudent precautions. They're going to bring masks back where they can. That's the first step. That was the first step before, right? 15 days to slow the spread. That was a lie. They never intended to give us back our liberties. was 15 days. Masks don't work. And then they said, you've got to wear a mask. And then they move from masks to the lockdowns. It's incremental. They get you to do one thing after another so that it becomes harder to refuse. And so it's the exact same as before, the slow creep of of tyranny. And they don't have much time before November. So they're going to have to ramp this up pretty soon. So the article goes on. It's also likely that some who have thus far avoided getting infected are no longer employing certain protective measures they did before or are exposed to family members and friends who have loosened up on protective practices. Now, let's just address this for a second. Uh, We were told every day that this was unprecedented. We were told about the tens of millions of infections in this country and throughout the world. And those were infections of people who were employing the very precautions that they're saying that we might need to bring back. They did not work. They did nothing. There are numerous studies now that say masks exacerbated everything. We know the masks don't work, but, you know, it's a sign of obedience, a sign of subservience. It is a virtue signaling effort ...to show that you reject the American Constitution and the vision of our founding fathers. Wearing the mask is a way of signaling that you believe the government is your master and you are their servant. That's what that means. And despite everything we know about the damage done now, that we should never go back and do that again. All the inflation that resulted from shutting down the economy and then printing money, the damage to our children, the abuse of substances they don't care. They don't care. They are setting the stage right now to go back to March of 2020. I kid you not. Look at them. They are blaming infections now on people who have loosened up on protective practices. Loosened up on protective practices. You know, you're not locking down in your home. You're not wearing a mask everywhere you go. You're going out to dinner. You're enjoying your life. You're going to work again finally to feed your family. And they are saying that that's irresponsible the article goes on people are taking more risks they're moving around they're traveling even in San Francisco a number of people aren't wearing masks at places where it was once ubiquitous meaning there's less peer pressure to wear a mask in areas where it was once comi- I, 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 I can't tell you how sick these these lunatics on the left are they you, there's less peer pressure to, they want peer pressure They want to shame people. That was their entire campaign for two years. Shame people. Treat them like garbage. Like they were a threat to their American brothers and sisters. Forget liberty. Forget free will. Do as we say. So we're taking more risks by living our lives now. You see, this is the new normal they spoke of. The new normal they wanted us to accept Now, living your life, going to work, moving around, traveling, seeing your family, having funerals, going to hospitals to see your newborn children, that's their calling taking more risks. Living your life is taking more risks. It goes on, those measures remain largely voluntary at this point in many public settings, but recent increases in coronavirus positive hospitalizations have pushed L.A. County closer to potentially issuing a new mask mandate that would apply to indoor public places. There you go. They're setting the stage. L.A., it starts. They're going to put the mask mandates on indoor public spaces, and they're already saying this too. If the county is in the high COVID-19 community level for the next three consecutive Thursdays, health officials are prepared to implement a new universal mask mandate in indoor public settings for those two and older starting July 29th. Well, there you have it. There you have it. It's March of 2020. The day that you thought could never come back to haunt us again, they're pushing it. They're pushing it because they're desperate and they believe you know they're going to use this as a campaign issue as well. The gun stuff didn't work, the Supreme Court stuff hasn't worked. None of it's worked. And so fear. They're going to try and they're going to try and have a remake of the film We Lived from 2020 on. The question is, will it work? Will Americans tolerate it? I hope not. But I'm telling you right now, If you love this country, if you're a patriotic American, you cannot comply with this. I will not. If they bring back mask mandates where I live in California, screw them. It's not ever going back on my face ever again. And I'm not the problem. They're the problem. They're the problem. All right, let's finish out with another story here. But before I get to my final story about how Joe Biden has pledged to give uh, the Palestinian Authority a hundred to two hundred million dollars in a uh, our taxpayer money to fund terrorism against Israel, uh, that's right, you heard it correctly. Uh, you know, I I want to play Jill Biden. You know, her taco moment. But but you know, I told you she she compared. You know, uh, she said you know. Uh, you know, the, these people are unique like breakfast tacos. But I want you to hear something else she said, because I have another point to make. She she called, she called, uh, let me just play it. Let me play it for you. It, it's it's unbelievable. Remember, C. Say Plodway. Let me play that for you first. So say it with me. C. Say Plodway. The future is ours. Thank you. So uh, Miss uh, Mrs. Uh, Dr. C. Say Plodway was back at it again with her taco remarks and this time she mistook the spanish word bodega with uh gosh it's so bad i can't even remember what she said let, let's hear what what is dr jill the genius uh let, let's see how what she said all we'll helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community as distinct as the Bogodá's of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami. <laughs> the the Bogodá's, the Bogadas. She meant bodega, which is, of course, the Spanish term for a small business, a little shop. The Bogadas. But, th- you know, that... that that in, in itself, I mean, obviously this is the, the typical pandering of the Democratic Party to any community they're in. It's like Hillary Clinton putting on a black accent, if you will, whatever that means, you know. But some accent uh, when she's when she's in, in some black church talking, changing the cadence of her voice, her accent to try and uh, appease to them. Well, you know, that's one thing. But um, it, it's worse than that because you heard her say Bogodá's there, right? So she clearly says Bogadas uh, when she meant bodegas or bodega, uh, but the, 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 the transcript, the White House changed the transcript from her speech there in Miami. They changed it to reflect her actually pronouncing it correctly. Now, Bogadas, B-O-G-A-D-A-S, is nothing like bodega, which is b o d e. G A So so this, this is what the White House Recently did with Joe Biden as well Who was reading the teleprompter again like Ron Burgundy right? This was on July 8th just a few days ago um, He gave some remarks about uh, his, his abortion executive Order And once again he was reading the Teleprompter and he said end of quote Repeat the line Which of course is an instruction To him to repeat whatever line he said before. So, you know, they, 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 this is the thing, right? The, the the poison pill of Kamala Harris, they'll cover for him no matter what. We have such a dishonest media. Can you imagine, of course, if Trump or any Republican read the teleprompter like Ron Burgundy and said, end of quote, repeat the line, they would say he he, he should be dismissed from office. He should resign. But anyway, uh, after Joe Biden did that, the White House Assistant Press Secretary, Emily, Emily Simons, well, she she insisted on Twitter that Biden had said, let me repeat the line. Although that's not true because you can listen to it yourself. He doesn't say that. He's reading the teleprompter. And so then the official White House transcript, if you read it, falsely reflected that he said, let me repeat the line. That's not what he said. He read the teleprompter. Um. So anyway, this is what they've done time and time again, right? They they try and rewrite history. This is how this is the Orwellian state we live in when this type of thing is happening. But now we got to deal with Joe Biden's gaffe at the Latinx inclusion luncheon at the Unidos US 2022 annual conference in San Antonio. I can say whatever the heck I want, by the way, because io parlo italiano. Io non sono. Come questa dottore, dottoressa, Jill Biden. Io parlo italiano. Io posso pronunciare la lingua più bella del mondo. Io capisco tutto. Lei è un pezzo di... I won't say the rest. Anyway, you get the point. I speak Italian. I know. It's impressive, right? Um, so anyway, so she said in that... You just heard her. Raul help build this organization. Raul helped build this organization. with the... It's like she's 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 uh, inhaled helium before she speaks. You know, I mean, uh, I've heard bad voices, but, you know, this this is a chalkboard, uh, you know, nails on a chalkboard kind of voice. As distinct as the Bogidas of the Bronx. The Bogidas. Bogidas. I'm sorry if you had to cover your ears there. Anyway, it's Bodegas. What an imbecile. What an imbecile. Here is somebody pandering to the Hispanic community that they are losing, that is abandoning the Democratic Party, and she can't even pronounce bodega. What an abject idiot. I mean that sincerely. Here's the thing. If I went into any community and I didn't speak Spanish, couldn't pronounce Spanish, say per esempio io non parlo italiano. Say, por io capisco un cazzo, okay? If I didn't understand a thing, uh, you know, I would look at that speech because I would read it before I gave it, and I would ask for how to pronounce it. So she sees bodega, which is, you know, phonetical pronunciation. It's not that complicated to do. Even if you read that from a transcript, a speech, whatever else, if you speak English, you can read bodega. Bogida, This is an idiot. Dr. Jill Biden. But she didn't even ask anyone for clarification. How can these people be so... un? This tells you everything you need to know. These people don't care about you. They're panders. They have no interest in their professions. They just go through the motions. There's no passion. There's no actual interest. I would make sure I could pronounce what I was going to say in a speech before I did it. But anyway, the White House changed the uh, the entire transcript to reflect that Jill Biden, in fact, si se plodway, si se plodway, Anyway, let's let us let, close out with a story about uh, Biden's trip to Israel here. So, I have talked and tried to instruct my audience time and time again about what the definition of globalism is. What is a globalist? We hear that term thrown out from time to time, year after year. The globalist once seeks to bring down the United States of America A peg or two or ten, as I've said, and to uplift our enemy nations. They believe it's unfair that the U.S. is the most powerful country in the world. It's unfair that we're so prosperous. Unfair that we have so much influence. Unfair. So in order to address that unfairness, we have to destroy America, weaken it, and then make other countries more important on the world stage to level the playing field to make things fair in the name of equity like we hear in this country. Equity. It's not fair that America is powerful. It's not fair that Americans are rich. No. We need to make our citizens more poor. We need to make our country less safe, so that it's just like every other country that doesn't have capitalism, doesn't have the Constitution, doesn't have the Founding Fathers, doesn't have the American citizenry, which is the greatest group of people in the history of mankind. Anyway, so Biden uh, is going to a Palestinian hospital in East Jerusalem, and he's pledged a uh, hundred million to two hundred million, depending on what the reporting is, in U.S. aid. Now they're saying this is a slap. At Israel, It absolutely is. I don't know why he's going to East Jerusalem. I don't know why he doesn't go to the Gaza Strip, to Gaza, and sit down with Hamas themselves because that's where this money's going to go. So he's going to give our taxpayer dollars. This is so tone deaf too, right? So, so typical of Joe Biden, right? The American people can't afford gas, can't afford groceries, whatever else, but he's going to go and give our money away to the Palestinian Authority. How much of that $100 million or $200 million of our hard-earned taxpayer dollars that we could really use right now to pay for our own expenses that have gone up due to this administration's policies, how much of that money is going to go towards the Palestinian Authority Martyr Fund? Yeah, that's right. The Palestinian Authority, they've established, have had established for a long time the Palestinian Authority Martyr Fund. That's the fund that pays out monthly cash stipends to families of Palestinians who are killed, injured, or imprisoned while carrying out politically motivated attacks against Israel. Terrorism. That's what it is. The Palestinian Authority Martyr Fund encourages terrorism, promises terrorists who attack Israel, that they will give money to the families of those injured, killed, or imprisoned while carrying out those terrorist attacks. We're being robbed. Our money's being sent to our enemies. That's globalism. Our oil from the strategic reserves, that's being sent to China. You know what? Joe Biden and his administration have done more for the Taliban than they have done for the American people. They've done more for Russia and Ukraine than the American people. They've done more to help China, to help Iran, to help all of our enemies around the country. More to help them than the American Citizenry, more to help illegal immigrants, illegal aliens invading our border, violating our laws, done more for them than for the tax paying American citizen. A violation of their oath of office, their oaths of office. Their job is to look out for the American people, and they are not. Interested In doing that at all It's a big double barreled Middle finger To us You and me We're suffering And they can just find the money To give to the Palestinian Authority We're suffering They can dig up another billion two Or more to give to Ukraine They can green light the Nord Stream pipeline which benefits Russia gives them leverage over Europe emboldens an enemy of this country but no no no, they got to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline which would have benefited Americans brought us additional oil Joe Biden sending our oil over to China to help them out Not you and me. China's lifting tariffs. Not China. China Joe is lifting tariffs to benefit China. He's asking nothing in return. Joe Biden wants to help the Iranians finally secure nuclear-grade uranium to build nuclear weapons while he assaults our own military. 60,000 National Guardsmen and reservists are being barred from service as we speak if they don't get the COVID vaccine. These illegals aren't required to have the COVID vaccine to come here and take our taxpayer dollars from the welfare state that they didn't pay into, don't deserve. This is the thing. We got business to take care of here. I don't care about the suffering. I really don't of other countries. That's their business. They need to figure it out. They need to have their own revolution, if need be, to fix their country and make it a prosperous place again. That's their business, not ours. That's in line with Democratic Party thinking that it routinely attacks America for getting involved in the business of other countries, right? Our government's role is to defend the United States of America. Their loyalty is to us, not to foreign illegals, period, full stop. It doesn't matter about the emotions. It doesn't matter about sympathy or empathy or anything else. That is not their responsibility. They do not swear an oath to take care of foreign nationals. They swear an oath to defend this country and look out for the needs of Americans. But they are not looking out for your needs or my needs anywhere you look. They want to help Ukraine and help defend them and secure their border against the invasion from Russia. They want to help Russia by giving them a pipeline that will make them more powerful. They want to help Iran get nuclear weapons. They want to go and pander and beg the Saudi Arabians to give us more oil when we are the most oil-rich nation. It's sitting beneath our feet. Yes, indeed. America last is the policy of the Biden administration, but lo and behold, it will be coming to an end soon. It will be coming to an end soon. The tide is turning. Americans are fed up with this crap. We're not going to tolerate it anymore. There is a new resurrection of common sense, of Americanism, of our values and principles. There's a restoration underway. And the Democrats fear it. They know it's coming. And they've done it to themselves. All right. This is Drew Allen. God bless you all. As I say every time, I really do mean it. And until next time.